Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Screaming Room, the only podcast about horror movies. This is your host, Sam. I am here with my usual co-host, Ralph. Hello. How are you today, Ralph? Doing great. Excellent. Yeah. And back on the third mic, three-peat guest, our friend Scott. Hi, Scott. Hello. Fwah, 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 fwah. <laughs> Can't get rid of me, bitches. <laughs> no, we're happy to have you back. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank Good. you for asking. You just went to, uh, you just got back from New Orleans the other day. This is the end of your vacation right now, right? It sure is. Just got back. I brought back. I might have joked about it the last time I was here, but I joked that I wanted someone to curse me while we were there. And <laughs> sure as shit came back with the cold. So oh. got those New Orleans <laughs> germies. <It> <laughs> you manifested it from the I universe. I sure by did. Saying it on a podcast. <laughs> I actually don't know if that was in the episode or not, but. If not, we joked about it outside of the podcast. Yes, I mean the second I'm happens. done, the second I'm done editing these episodes, my brain is like gone, all of it gone. Yeah. What did I just say? <laughs> I've had people like bring up something that they liked in the show, like sp- some specific bit or like gag that mm-hmm. you and I were getting hung up on. They're like, "Yeah, I really liked that." I'm like, "I don't know what episode that's in. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> remember that part." Uh, so, thank you out there. Uh, Radio Land listeners for remembering my funny good shit. <laughs> Talking to me about it. Uh, did you do anything else spooky while you you were down in New Orleans? Sure did. Uh, we did the Museum of Death, which was awesome. Um, I was just in LA in September and missed out on the one in LA. So I think the next time I'm in LA, going to do that and see their full catalog that they have because there's only the two locations. Oh, I didn't realize. And they have different things franchise. in each one. Yeah, there's okay. there's two locations. So LA in West Hollywood or Hollywood, I think. And then um, the French Quarter in New Orleans. So did that. We did the Museum of Voodoo, which was very small, but also really informative and really cool. Uh, did a ghost tour, a uh, ghost bar tour. So I don't remember much of it. <laughs> <laughs> Drinks beforehand, during and after. Stole your memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that sounds great. Yeah. So some sounds nice appropriately spooky stuff. spooky. Yes. Yeah. When I was, I was down there a number of years ago with my partner and his family and we were walking around and we saw the museum of death and I was like, Oh, let's go see what this is like. And we went in and like the ticket taker guy was like, okay, everybody, are you sure you want to do this? And everyone immediately was like looking at each other. Like, I don't know if we want to do Wait, this. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, okay. We have a litmus test to decide about whether to, to help you decide whether or not you want to come into the Museum of Death. And he's like, look at this photo. <laughs> and he showed us this grotesque photo of, I think it was a motorcycle accident. And he's like, if this is outside of your tolerance, like you should not go in. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's just look at these horrible crime scene photos and read a little bit about the story behind them and it's like faces of death exactly it is faces of death i did not know what to expect going into it but that is what we got and my my poor partner he uh (laughs) we we he's he's not as uh strong-willed as i am and cannot handle these types of things as well as i do and he i think begrudgingly agreed to go inside and as soon as we got to the the portion where there were pictures of a human autopsy with a um brain being removed uh he 
sort of wobbled out of my sight a little bit. Oh and no! <laughs> wand- he wandered away. He, he <laughs> didn't. You know, he's so sporting though. Yeah, he, he yeah no, to be it was supportive great. of your interests. He he just needed to avoid some some pictures every now and then, and we only spent a few minutes in the video room where they actually had videos playing. So <laughs> moved yeah. out of that pretty quickly as soon as the the war montage started. He said, "Yeah, we yeah. don't need to see that." Yeah, I'm I'm certainly getting enough of that lately. We did a like a. I don't know what kind of it was like a violence or murder or prison it torture. Was, we went museum? to in Rome, Rome uh, the yeah. Museum of uh, Criminology, I think is what it was called. Very, so, very uh, vague, I guess, t- title for it of like, yeah, it's criminology and there's a lot of torture, like torture devices, devices and thumb screws, the rack, yeah, the, the classic chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe next time I'm in, you said it was in LA, the other one? Yeah, I think the other one is in LA. Well, it definitely is in LA. I just don't remember if it's West Hollywood or Hollywood. I think it's might be on Hollywood Boulevard. I don't know. That Another seems ex- like a, it's an extremely haunted city. Yeah, and also seems like a very Hollywood kind of tourist activity. <laughs> yeah, all those ghouls out there in Hollywood. Yeah. We're known for our crime. They, they cannot stop doing crime out there. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Hollywood... We just got back from the theater, and we are here to discuss 2023's brand-fucking-new Eli Roth horror banger, Thanksgiving. Roll that trailer. I've got plenty to be thankful for. I need this small. I buy them all at the five and ten cent store. Oh, I've got plenty to be thankful for. I used to love this town. Until what happened that night. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and I'm tired of pretending like everything is normal when it's not. I want things to go back to normal, too. Show some enthusiasm. Thanksgiving is an institution here. No, 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 no! Someone's out for revenge, and they're turning it into a sick holiday game. This is weird. We're all tagged and our names are at the table. But why us? The longer this goes, the more twisted it gets. The weapon he's using is straight off a Thanksgiving table. I don't want to spend my life looking over my shoulder. We need to stop him. It is going to be a very happy Thanksgiving. Let's see. 
Woo! So, if you don't know, uh, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you do know, uh, this is Eli Roth's Return to Horror uh, after uh, The Green Inferno was his last one. Uh, This movie, Thanksgiving, is based off of the trailer for the Grindhouse double feature that Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez directed. And that original trailer was shot in two days, I think. And I think it was uh, one of the last two of those trailers, the fake trailers in there, that had not yet been made into a movie. So I think there's just one left. Is that right? I think it's the... SS women of werewolf women of the SS or something like that. <laughs> I bet it's going to happen at some point. It, it's gotta. It's the only one I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so who here was? Uh, well, actually, let me say this first. So we are going to talk about Thanksgiving. We're going to be pretty broad here at the beginning of the conversation, and then we are going to get into full spoilers for this movie. But we will give you a warning if you haven't seen it yet, and if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, you can keep listening. So please keep listening. And uh, rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) No, it's too early for that. Um, Were you guys looking forward to the return of Eli Roth to the horror genre? Oh, yeah. I, in the last two or three years, I've come around on him. I, for a while, I kind of didn't like Eli Roth. And I've talked about it before, of like my exposure to Cabin Fever and my friend who showed me all these awful awful movies that's right um i yeah he made me mad and (laughs) he's pissed me off a bunch in the past too and like the more i've like seen him in interviews i think i've had kind of the same thing as you where i've come to appreciate where he's coming from a little bit more yeah it was literally that joe bob briggs last drive-in episode with him as a guest for mother's day and house by the cemetery that hearing him talk about his movies and just his love of movies and horror and Italian giallo and all the other sort of genres that bleed into each other, I realized like, oh no, this guy's smart. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, like, he's definitely he's got smart. A lot to say. I think it's fair to uh, say that some of his stuff hasn't aged as well, <laughs> but I I do get what he's doing. Like even the amount mm-hmm. of times like when I revisit like a uh, Cabin Fever, the amount of times that people get called gay yeah. or. Uh, R-worded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even in that Mother's Day interview, I think he talks about defending uh, the use of the N-word in there. Right. Which, I, I'll be honest, the joke with that is set up and paid off and it is kind of It's funny, pretty funny. Even yeah. if it is like really tropish. Yeah. Uh, Scott, what's been your relationship with Eli Roth over the years? I, I watched both of you have your renaissance with him (laughs) and I sat in the corner and stewed about it. (laughs) I, I remember convinced. I'm not quite convinced. I similar to you, Ralph. I, I didn't really care for him for a while. I would say you have rubbed off on me just a little bit. I say I'm maybe, maybe now I'm lukewarm. I'm willing to give him a chance. He is, uh, very charismatic and charming and knowledgeable and obviously is, uh, a huge fan of horror, which I obviously respect a lot and value in a horror director. Sure. So I appreciate that about him, yeah. but I can't say that I ever really seek out any of his films. Do you have, are there any of his horror films that you've enjoyed in the past or have they all been kind of like mid or bad for you? I, I mean, you can't not mention 
hostile and cabin fever. I think yep. those two are huge. I, I don't seek them out, but I don't think negatively of them. So fair enough. They're fine. Did you see green Inferno? Yes. In your apartment with like eight people. And <laughs> did we all, do that we together? all sure did do oh, that together. Right. <laughs> and um, you might've been there. That sounds familiar, but I, I can't imagine I, you would have, you would have missed that. Yeah. Right? I'm like, when did I watch it? Cause I know I watched it. Yeah. That's one that kind of pissed me off the first time I saw it. I was Absolutely. like, this is kind of annoying. And then I watched it again. Like, a, like Ralph said, after I kind of like warmed up to him a little bit more. I'm still at the I'm like, oh, I kind of get it. I'm <laughs> still at the pissed off. I don't like it. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> it does have like all of his movies and and including Thanksgiving, uh, all of his horror movies, I should say, do have that really kind of like we're talking about shithead sense of humor. Like it's very easy to characterize his movies as very broy. Mm-hmm. And I think generally they are. And I think it's fair to say that he uh, he writes women like he's never spoken to like a living woman <laughs> on the face of the planet sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But he's very, I, I would say like, like he loves, like you're saying, he loves the genre. I think he's very conscientious about what he sets out to do conceptually in each of his movies. Like even like, knock knock kind of like comes off almost as this like anti anti feminist forgot about knock knock like kind of message and it's like it's not it's more playful than that i don't find his movies like particularly reactionary even though there's a lot of reactionary elements with within sure. within almost all of them um but i find like his he's like playful with his conceits like mm-hmm. even like knock knock probably ends with his best joke Oh my god! In any of his movies, it's so funny. <laughs> I have that image saved in my phone like multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I I won't spoil it uh, if you haven't seen Knock Knock. I mean, it's been like it's been enough time. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, Anna De Armas, and I forget the, who the third other one, one that I yeah. always forget. <laughs> the other blonde hottie. Yeah, it was free fucking pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well. Scott, how did you feel uh, about Thanksgiving? We just got out of the 11.30 a.m. screening on Friday before Thanksgiving week. Did this... Did you enjoy this more than his other movies? I did. Okay. I I, I also went in blind on this one. I have not watched a trailer. I've been traveling when probably the biggest media push for it has been going on. So I was really readily available to ignore everything about the lead up to this film. I just knew that it was coming out and that it was going to be a Thanksgiving themed horror movie. I didn't even know that it was a slasher until we got into it. Oh really? Oh, that's great. Oh, cool. Yeah. I had no idea. I truly had no, no idea who was in it, what it was about, any of the themes, subgenre, whatever. And so I was pleasantly surprised. I would say this would probably be the one that I would watch again out of any of his that I have seen so far. I think this one is really rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all of that kind of uh, the shitheady stuff that comes up in his other movies or the reactionary stuff, like it's not really present in this movie. There's like a, a handful of characters that are kind of dicks. And he, he, it's that's kind of the extent of it is just these yeah. people being assholes. He likes writing totally despicable, hateable characters. Yeah. I mean, which yeah. I mean, like that makes sense because 
we're gonna enjoy when they die <laughs> yeah exactly to. otherwise it's gonna be sad watching <laughs> yeah, all of these hard. characters die yeah yeah absolutely and even the uh uh some of the female leads in this felt a lot more uh they were written like human females they didn't come across yeah. as like weird androids to me <laughs> in yeah. this even though it is like it, it's obviously a very campy movie like like you said it's a it's a, obviously a thanksgiving it's a holiday themed slasher and we don't have almost any of those around thanksgiving yeah there's one there's one i can think of my favorite two well, blood rage mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. one's great that's the only one there I can is think of. is there the one with it's either full moon or that other production company that does thanks killing oh that's oh right. yes i think it's like the what, the evil bong kind of similar uh yeah production isn't there company. like a or is turkey that in that one i think yeah is that i think the one it's with like the talking I turkey trauma. i think it's a turkey that's the killer i gave up on that after like, yeah the first i think 10 there's minutes. two of them yeah <laughs> um yeah no, it's it, not look, trauma not it, trauma okay it uh yeah those are the only that's, two that that i can think of yeah agreed i when I was thinking about recording this episode, I was in my head telling myself the one flub I'm going to do in this episode is I'm accidentally going to call the Eli Roth movie. Thanks killing at some point. Yep. <laughs> I think it'll and probably happen. You know, somebody out there listening is screaming the name of another <laughs> or two more. Or three more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Are> you <laughs> fucking idiots. You're not thinking about. <laughs> well, uh, was this, so you didn't know this was a slasher movie. So now we've got two big, thanksgiving themed slashers and then maybe thanksgiving i don't think any of us have seen that you gave up on it yeah i gave up on it i tried there was a very gross bathroom scene near the beginning that uh great i fully walked out i was like i'm done (laughs) turn it off and find something else to watch no thank you so how did this this feels like a pretty classic formula slasher would you guys agree yeah oh yeah yeah this one like in terms of its form like it's right over the plate with fitting into that subgenre and that seems to be exactly what roth wanted to do like he said that uh he and his friend jeff randell who co-wrote this uh they've been wanting to make a thanksgiving themed horror movie since they were 12 yeah i did see something about that they've had this idea since they were fucking 12 years old yeah yeah and for it, it sounded like uh in the interviews that i listened to uh with eli roth that when he got the opportunity to make the Thanksgiving trailer for Grindhouse and get that out, he was kind of like, well, that's it. I finally did it. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until later that they kind of started ginning this idea back up again and bl- filling it out so it's a feature-length film. Yeah. Um, I also learned that the, uh, the, the original trailer was shot in two days, and it was like right at the end of Hostel 2 like they extended the production by two days so they could make that trailer cool so respect mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. <laughs> his ability to work with time and budget constraints yeah and fit in some sort of passion project in there yeah just behind some big studio sequel yeah. <laughs> cash grab yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so slasher elements this this is like really classic like the almost American Jalo style thing, like the masked black gloved killer. Mm-hmm. It's very much a whodunit. We of course get a reveal at the end and we get our body count along the way. How did you both like the kills in this? Were there enough? Were they gross enough? Were they funny enough? Were they mean enough? I 
I I kind of wanted more, although I thought it was a good amount because there was a lot of there were a lot of characters, um, and there's yeah. a lot of people that get got. Um, I kind of wanted a little bit more, but I I thought they were all really well done. There's some really great effects. There's I think was a like a practical like body part head of some kind that was really neat and uh yeah the the creativity of the 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 kills were really fun of like he sets it all up for us like he'll show us you know sort of what's happening the pieces that are in play and and then you'll kind of watch how it all falls into place and it's great there was some <laughs> some good moments where i i kind of was startled and jumped and just <laughs> but also yeah. like woo yeah <laughs> i i would kind of agree with that i think there's probably on second viewing you're gonna realize that there's more more kills than you're thinking of yeah because there were even some and i feel like i'm forgetting i think i'm forgetting some I'm like replaying too. them in my head because uh-huh. uh-huh. toward the end they kind of do recalls and stuff and i was like who is that again what happened right. to that person yeah. again <laughs> and it's like oh i forgot about that because the movie moves at such a fast clip that it it kind of just there's no pump in circumstance when somebody dies except for maybe a couple it just yeah. sort of yeah quickly moves on with the story and you yep. keep going they're, and there is they're a dead, they're huge out of the cast movie. Yeah. you know there's a lot of people in this so there's a lot of people that can potentially die <laughs> <laughs> and do mm-hmm. and do i i think for me this movie is really a full cut and dry slasher like it was just no frills nothing i don't want to say nothing special about it it is special because there's you know some fun kills and there's a lot of really fun gore and effects and and it's a a new ip yes yeah it is yeah so i think it's it's a it's good and it's fun um for me the kills were they were great i like yeah yeah Yeah, i i agree there were i'm kind of with you ralph like there were a few moments where i wanted just a little bit more Mm -hmm. but as i'm saying that i was like i was thinking like or as i'm saying that i'm thinking like man there was a lot of gross stuff in this there was there was was a lot of blood i think only one (laughs) of them and and we'll kind of get into the kills in the spoiler half of this episode a little bit more i think there was one that we were talking about in the car that got me squirming a little bit but for the rest of them it was mostly like candy yeah for me yeah which was great yeah yeah he, he pe- definitely paces the kills throughout this to give you what you want yes yeah um and unlike the the ip note like roth has been pretty clear that you know he he has some respect for like you know requeling or re- soft rebooting like scream or the halloween movies or the exorcist he's like that's fine but he said his objective with making thanksgiving was not only to fill a gap in a season that doesn't have enough slashers in it but also to give like a younger generation like a movie that they can look at and say this one is ours yeah like because all the the halloween remakes the scream movies the exorcist like, those are ostensibly for, like, people our age. Like, yes. e- even as they try to, like, spin them off into to, to a younger cast, mm-hmm. Scream especially, like, those are the franchises that we grew up with. I mean, The Exorcist a little... Le- oh, no. Yeah, I mean, they've been around our whole lives. Yeah. Um, do you think it was uh, kind of successful with that intention? Like, it does feel like this movie was absolutely geared for people a little bit younger than us. I agree. And I think that he left it that there could potentially be more of these. This could be 
sequelable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. mm-hmm. um, I think he he set this up to be maybe this next generation's Halloween. Yeah, yeah, and he said that that was uh, like he's down with making more, and I mean he's very practical about it. Like he's not like. You know, this is kind of one of my childhood dream projects. I'm not like, oh, I have to make Thanksgiving second servings or whatever. Yeah. Second helping. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he said, like, you know, if it goes well, like if it makes money, like he he's like, yeah, I'd love to do a two. I'd love mm-hmm. to do a three. I think, I mean, I think when he gets a bug up his ass about making a movie, he just really has to do Gotta it. Gotta make it. But yeah. he's he's like I said, I think he's pretty practical about how the business works. For sure. Um, kind of on that note, I have been seeing a ton of advertising for this movie. Yeah. And that's in no small part because two weeks ago, Dune was supposed to come out. The sequel to Dune. Dune 2. Dune. I don't know how to put those together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but since the, uh, the strike has been going on, uh, which is now over, uh, the actors and, uh, the writers, uh, for a little bit less time, weren't allowed to promote the film. So they decided to push it out to 2024. So now, now there's kind of this big gap in like the theater schedules. And it seems like Thanksgiving's like advertising campaign is like kind of rising to the top over anything else I'm seeing right now. Yeah, it's been, I've, I've, I mean, I've been moving past them in like social media or whatever, seeing in, on the internet, but the trailer and um, little, sort of what is it like behind the scenes or not behind the scenes but like uh, like film I don't know what word I'm looking for little clips of like the actors at the premieres or, or something like having them talk about it um, has been like just everywhere in my feed but I've been kind of avoiding it before watching it because I didn't right. I didn't, didn't want to know spoilers. anything else <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well I think that's going to contribute to this uh, making some money like oh yeah I think this is like like we were saying it's like it's a right over the plate like slasher film and it's not it's not gross enough that I think a lot of like the general audience would be put off by it like I I think this is going to do pretty well from what I saw I agree yeah I I don't think there's anything in this that will deter someone who would be open to a slasher obviously there are mm-hmm. people out there that are never going to be willing to go see a slasher film they yeah you know that's not right. their bag I think if anybody's open to a slasher, then they'll find something to like in this film. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a good one to take, like, like, obviously I'm like, I, I, I want to encourage everyone to take people to pay to see more horror movies because then I get more of them if they're making money. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is one you could take like a non horror fan to, mm-hmm. And like, they would have a good time. Like it's campy enough that even like the, the kind of the meaner kills, like they don't feel that bad. And yeah. there's not a lot of, not too many like really gross moments in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does not hit the point of Cabin Fever or the Hostel films or no, Green, Inferno. Green Inferno. Like, <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is much more accessible in terms of the gore than some of his other films. So I think that's a selling point that anybody out there trying to coerce a family member this holiday season <laughs> sure. into the theater, you can use that. It's like yeah. I'll, I'll never forget and maybe I remember this because Patton Oswalt talked about it in something I heard, but I'll never forget like one, that one Thanksgiving or might've been Christmas when, uh, the American girl with the dragon tattoo came out. 
Oh yeah. Mm. And so it's like the big this big Hollywood crime release. So like you know families are going to see this like because they're all together and they got to have something to do and it's got one of the most like upsetting depictions of like sexual assault like i've ever seen in like a hollywood movie i was like how is this like an anchor film for the holiday season well all because all of those people read the fucking book my mom read the book and she loved it My mom was the same way. I was so shocked when I finally saw that movie. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, mom? holy shit. <laughs> I worked at Barnes oh. and Noble at the the height of Girl with Dragon Tattoo mania. Mm-hmm. And by God, we couldn't keep those things on the shelves. Sh- shipments and crates and crates and crates of them. And they just we just kept a box behind the counter because we couldn't keep them on the shelves. Literally oh couldn't keep them on the shelves. Wow. People gobbled that shit up wow well speaking of gobble 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 (laughs) (laughs) uh thanksgiving isn't going to be that upsetting so no sexual assault in this movie no thank god i mean there was well let's let's do this here to from here on out dear listener i'll put in like a siren noise here (laughs) something (laughs) We're, we're gonna start getting into uh some spoilers about this film so if you don't want any spoilers, obviously turn it off. Go see the movie. I think all three of us would say that we recommend this one if you're curious about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, that being said, uh, one of the let's start at the beginning here. One of the essential elements of a classic slasher is an inciting incident uh, right at the beginning of the film. Like that can be. Sometimes that can be like a story, a campfire story or a legend that gets told. Uh, Often we see some tragedy play out like decades in the past. So then the sins of those people that are still alive can be returned to them uh, decades, years later. Uh, In this movie, the inciting incident is appropriately enough a deadly stampede at a Black Friday sale. (laughs) I just remembered, I think there is a movie called Black Friday that came out in the last like four or five years. I don't remember that one. I don't either. I could be wrong. Is it about shopping? Yes. I think, I think it it, really, I think it is a Black Friday. Yeah. Well, maybe not this premise, but but there's something, yeah, where there's some sort of, uh, Oh yeah. 2021. Oh, and it has uh, Devin Sawa in it. Oh, Oh, hi daddy. Oh, and Bruce Campbell too. Oh the yeah, high okay. double daddies. That's right. <laughs> anyway, oh, okay, yeah, it's kind of a uh, zombie infection. Okay, okay, movie. like yeah, a horror. Yeah. But it's on like Black Friday at a at a store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess there's kind of another one. Then, yeah, Thanksgiving ish. Yeah. Um, I I kind of loved this opening. Like it's it's not, like I said, it's like the first thing that happens in the movie, and like when uh, Roth talks about his discussions with uh, his friend and scriptwriter Jeff Rendell. Um, he says that seeing footage of these like Black Friday stampedes was like one of the keys to kind of unlocking this story as it uh, as it plays out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, and it was. Uh, this is. I will say this is. This is a sequence I knew about before I went into the movie. Uh, in my mind, it was a little bit grosser. Like th- there were there are a couple of uh, 
great moments in it uh like when they like these these people are pounding on the door like i mean it's a very realistic real life uh-huh. scene <laughs> of people want to get their free waffle, waffle irons. iron <laughs> if they're one of the first Freaks. hundred black friday <laughs> <laughs> shoppers so they're like pounding at the doors which of course break down crushes a security guard someone's throat goes into some broken glass uh, Gina Gershon is introduced early on in this movie, and uh, she goes there to give her husband some uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Th- th- he Thanksgiving had to dinner. He got called in work. to work Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, she gets her neck broken by a shopping cart. Yeah, she like <laughs> her scalp tri- gets, she gets ripped knocked off. Knocked <laughs> over, and yeah, ugh. I that was probably the most disappointing part of this movie for me i was excited I to see her at the beginning. love her so much <laughs> i love her so much and she died in the first like 10 minutes if like, you had no! gotten up and just walked out i would have cheered for you <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing because she's uh oh no wait never mind i'm mixing her up with the uh with the stepmother there for a right, second. right 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 um yeah i was hoping to see more of her in this like i love yeah. her but i needed a body count at the beginning i mean yeah and uh, I would agree, though. I kind of wanted more bodies to fall in that in this inciting incident of the yeah, stampede because yeah. there were some good ones, but I mean, like it, it's a lot of chaos that they're kind of filming of everybody's just running around, throwing stuff, grabbing stuff. But I don't know. There could have been a little bit sort of more something goofy, like how Gina Gershon's character dies, <laughs> like yeah. something nasty like yeah. that. I Shopping. mean, there was the. The bone breaking of the boyfriend as well, which was really oh, gross. Right. Not a death, but oh, that's right. that was a good effect. That was nasty. Yeah, the, yeah. the golden the, arm pitcher yes, boyfriend. Yes, yeah. one of the youths that's a star pitcher gets his entire forearm broken in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one really got me. That one, that one surprised me. I saw a couple hands in the theater throw up. Yeah, you know, I think that was the ah, first kind of like groan, kinda, collective groan and the yeah. five or six yeah. other people that were in there just were like, oh! Kind of just gotta <laughs> shake that one off and yeah. pretend you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. But hey, he uh, when we cut to a year later and we see him again, perfect recovery. Yeah, he looks... Yeah. Just, yeah. That I mean, doesn't look like an L at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> and no brace or anything. It's, it's so well recovered that the killer is partially defeated because he can throw his fastball again at the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, like we kind of talked about already, like uh, Eli Roth writes a lot of like shithead characters, like characters that are supposed to be detestable. And uh, he wrote a lot of kind of uh, Massachusetts, Boston assholery mm-hmm. into this sequence no and offense to bostonites no no <laughs> offense to our boston listeners who might be out there uh it, you could tell that i think some of the the actors were probably from the region uh because one of our star like th- that means to si- that is to say their accents are clearly not fake to me yes yeah uh and those really stand out because patrick dempsey is in this movie and he doesn't do an accent until he tries to do an accent uh-huh <laughs> i tur- i leaned over to you the moment he said john carver and i said john carver <laughs> yeah. like quimby may a quimby <laughs> yeah it was so bad it made me think of uh when we were talking about peter sarsgaard in the skeleton key which <laughs> which still might be the worst accent i have yeah we've uh, talked about ever seen in a movie we've yeah. had worse accents Ugh. on the three episodes that i've been on yeah <laughs> so yeah. True. let's True. you know take this conversation with a little bit of uh you know 
a little grain of salt or whatever. Yeah. So uh, th- this town, kind of like uh, similar to something that's in uh, My Bloody Valentine exactly. for Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, this is the town that loves Thanksgiving. Like this is Massachusetts. John Carver is a town hero. Uh, he was the first uh, governor of the New Plymouth Colony. And which is real. Which is real. And his name really is John Carver. So wild. So, so like, I'm sure when Roth and Rendell saw that, we're, they're like, yeah, their eyes yeah, just lit yeah, up, popped like, out of their oh! skulls. <laughs> well, that was the, that's how this started. They were in what? Sixth grade. Oh, that social makes studies. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact. I mean, that, but like, that, that would make sense. Well, right? and a 12 year old uh, interested in horror. Massachusetts yeah. too, I believe. Oh, are they? Yeah. yeah they're yeah, both yeah. East coast. Yeah. Oh, so this is, you know, this is a, an educated rendition depiction of uh, massachusetts <laughs> yes we were all learning something this was infotainment wow. <laughs> well i don't think i ever need to go there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like i just visited yeah even though they uh i think they started filming this uh, if not in massachusetts somewhere on the east coast uh or, or they were starting production out there in 2019 uh but for reasons that are obvious that didn't work out and they had to shut down and I think they moved the production to Canada, and I think they finished probably right before the strike started. That sounds right. That, that timeline makes yeah. sense. Um, the regions are very confused in this movie just a little bit with that, but the most confusing element, I would say, was the Seattle Seahawks jersey that were being sold in the department store it, at, yeah. at the beginning of the movie. We both like, I mean, obviously we're, we're based in Seattle. So it like really stood out to us. And we all like looked at each other in the theater. We're like, what the fuck? What like, is that doing there? <laughs> yeah. We were trying to figure out in the car, uh, in the car on the way back here to summit studios. Like we're like, none of us know enough about football. Is that some weird like jab at us? Uh, yeah. Or, What's like, the what deal? Is <laughs> if anybody has any insight, please let us know yes yeah uh, we are at the roomcast on twitter or screaming at gmail.com so <laughs> <laughs> please explain this to us if you get it um well without getting too wrapped up in the mystery basically uh this group of high school friends that got into the store early and basically made everyone all these mass mass holes uh, <laughs> frothing mad that they were getting their waffle irons before them uh and causing thus causing a stampede this group of friends is now being picked off one by one and taunted through instagram posts there's the youth the youthful element coming in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being taunted through instagram posts by someone wearing a john carver mask and a pilgrim outfit and offing people in various festive ways mm-hmm. <laughs> okay um did you guys have a favorite or least favorite kill in this? Which one made you squirm, Scott? Nothing got you? No, the one that made me squirm is the trampoline. I think that that yeah. is the one that it was one of those scenes where you know something's about to come and as soon as it starts, your balls just shoot up into your stomach. <laughs> Uh, almost had to jump out of my seat on that one. And that essentially there is a person jumping on a trampoline and then the knife starts to come up underneath her as she is jumping. And you can imagine the things that get cut in that scene and it is quick, but it is effective. Yeah. Yeah. And he does, he does this a couple times in the, 
in some of these setups where he'll he'll like give you close-ups or like show you the part of someone's body that might be vulnerable to kind of lead your mind to like yeah. guess what's going to happen here and in this sequence uh she's trying to seduce her boyfriend so she's like <laughs> bouncing on the trampoline she's showing her butt she takes her panties off and then she's like fully landing on the trampoline in like a splits just conformation <laughs> just completely and i was just like oh we my all god thought that like, knife was gonna go where none ooh. of us wanted it to see no. go no i was like eli are you gonna do this <laughs> gonna thankfully do this he didn't no and and i yeah. kind of wonder if he pulled that back a little bit because he did say he had a lot of like liberty with how graphic a lot of the kills were and yeah. he said in some of the test screenings like some of the kills like the audience was like completely flat because it was like too mean ultimately mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. he said so i wonder if that's one where he maybe changed it's something possible because i mean I'm in just the in the grindhouse fake trailer the original trailer that he did that setup the way they have that kind of kill that they're setting up in that trailer it like you you can't help but assume like oh that knife is gonna go in her crotch yeah like because the way that they are showing her bouncing and her legs out and it just going right up and so you kind of are anticipating that because of that or at least i was because of that oh trailer. absolutely and then, of course how he how he set up and it is that scene is really funny though too like the cheerleader leads her boyfriend in there and she's gonna jump on the trampoline they're just in the middle of a a gym and there's just a trampoline in the middle of the yeah. gym like With how did they get that in there two spotlights on it spotlights, spotlights. Yeah. spotlights like, on the gym on the on the trampoline like, in the middle what? of the high school gym <laughs> while the rest of the football team is working out in the weight room yeah the corner yeah <laughs> uh i i really liked that one i like mm-hmm. the uh that's because ultimately like she does come down like and the knife goes like through her foot which made me like it, like scrapes along the back of her made me think of the uh when that happens basically to paris hilton in the house of wax yeah <laughs> remake yep. so yep. it's kind of like that um i really liked the uh the first kill uh in the diner yeah where <laughs> uh he picks off so so john carver is picking off people that basically led to this chaos and these deaths yeah uh in the in the store at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie the year before yeah yeah, yeah. uh and <laughs> apparently that actress uh is a direct descendant of the real john carver that's so wild which is so cool i love that yeah it's yeah. so cool that they they found her that she did a very competent job like because she oh, she was heavily yeah. heavily yeah. featured in the first 20 minutes of this film the scene starting first shot like mm-hmm. well, not first shot but once they get to the store she's yeah she's right up at the fence she's at the front calling <laughs> like, everybody fuck, a, you. fuck you fuck you yeah, there's a lot of fuck you at the beginning of this movie <laughs> it's amazing and she did a great job mm-hmm. yeah i liked it like a, a lot of the jokes in this were uh funnier than a lot of roth's other movies mm-hmm. like her, the bit like so she gets like thrown in the the sink so she's all wet and then she's like stuck to the freezer door mm-hmm. on the inside and then she peels off her fingers and in her, her cheek. In her cheek. So then her fo- she can't unlock her phone with her face or her fingerprints. Because it's like too bloody <laughs> and good. her face is messed up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> and then she kind of uh, gets cut in half by a dumpster, which was hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, that makes no fucking it sense to me. It looks so ridiculous. I'm like, did he put two huge like razor like like a guillotine razor on the on the the lid of that dumpster as There's it comes no down way on her. the plastic the flimsy <laughs> ass plastic lids on those yes. commercial dumpsters <laughs> would 
slice her in half her just because he got bumped by a car. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, he needed to cut her in half. It was fun. So yeah. it yeah. was fun. Yeah. I also really liked the... Uh, what else was good in there? Uh, I liked when one of the characters has the corn holders pushed into her ears mm-hmm. and that's that's another one where he like you get he like puts all these like close-ups of her like cleaning her ears and then putting in contacts so you're kind of like by that point you know you've seen the killer get the corn holders and you're like oh which one of these places is yeah. he gonna <laughs> stick these things? which orifices is going in <laughs> yeah yeah and at the end of that sequence uh he ends up put turning on a table saw and throwing her like guts first down onto it and it just kind of <laughs> she kind of lays there for a minute yeah, that i thought that was, was pretty nasty yeah yeah because yeah, her hand also gets there first and her yeah. little her little fingies get chopped just, off oh, like little right. vienna sausages and flying she, across yeah. the room <laughs> fucking disgusting so that disgusting. was another one where i kind of had to squirm a little bit yeah. that one yeah. was pretty gross i think one of my least favorite kills or something that i wanted more from was the electric carving knife one yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They like it was a really good setup. I didn't mind that whole situation with that character. The stuff with the the cat was pretty funny. Um, but I don't know. It was just it was not a, as much of seeing the electric carver like go into his belly and do much more than right. that. It it's just not- kind of stuck him, and then he turned around. and He's like, oh, and then he cuts his head, and off. then he cuts his head off. So that part was cool. Yeah. But the the actual electric carving knife. I'm like, because that is such a big part of that grindhouse trailer yes and yeah uh, absolutely it just I, yeah i wanted more from that one and it made me think of like uh we see an electric carving knife in the evil dead reboot mm-hmm. where one of the characters has to cut her entire arm off with it and that like that's Ooh, kind uh, of what i would have I, I i do kind of agree with what you're saying mm-hmm. um multiple I, I wanted, evil dead movies have the carving knife because oh, yeah. the alvarez one has an awful electric carving knife where she's also cutting her arm off. No, that's what I I'm think talking that's about. What oh, I thought you were talking about Evil Dead Rise. Oh, is there no, one? I is wasn't. Is there one in that one? Am I getting my Evil Deads mixed up? Maybe. Maybe. Cut this. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Remove this with an electric carving knife. Yeah, and in that scene after the head is cut off and the body's laying there mm-hmm. and John Carver leaves the the apartment with the head like you kind of see it like sticking out of his body and it kind of is like yeah. struggling so it's it, 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 was, it, was, yeah. it was okay but i wanted yeah i wanted a little bit more yeah. of like the movement of the knife going through his like torso or something yeah or like yeah. have him like pinned under a bookcase or something and then yeah. just cut yeah. his head off with yeah. it or something like that yeah I, I did appreciate in that scene that they didn't kill that very cute cat. Oh, yeah. I was worried the moment we saw it. I was like, oh, God. I'm like, Eli Please would don't. do that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, like, I was almost expecting something where, like, he goes looking for the cat. and Or he's, like, you know, he's got his baseball bat out because he thinks someone's in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And he sees, like, the cat head, like, poking out from behind the door. And it's, like, on a stick or something. Right. Like, yeah. Well, he did tease it. There was a scene where the guy looked at the cat heard something behind him turned around and then looked back behind him where the cat was and he makes a face and you assume that while he was turned around the cat's dead but then it was just the john carver mask was left on the couch Mm -hmm. so eli was he was teasing y'all he was he was was, being a little bit of an imp yeah yeah and john carver (laughs) gives that sweetie her dries before he leaves (laughs) made sure that cat was fed Mm -hmm. yeah um i liked uh, one of the bigger kill set pieces in this, which was the uh, the oven. 
Oh yeah, where the stepmother of our uh, our final girl uh, is like basted and baked alive. It was it was one of the meaner ones I think in the movie. Yeah, even yeah. though she was one of the more unlikable characters. Definitely, she yeah. was very unlikable. She was greedy. I don't think anybody deserves that. Yeah, the idea of yeah. that is really rough. Yeah, I mean that's some. I mean Hansel and Gretel shit, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. but like not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, that one felt like I we were getting a little bit of a taste of like the, I mean, the torture porn era a little bit. It felt like something Eli Roth would do twenty years ago, or like one of the Saw movies, like something from Saw three. Like we get a little but, bit yeah, of that in Saw three. I was gonna say there's at least one or two Saw movies where somebody's like burned alive. Yeah, and if you want to, oh yes, and if you want to know uh, which characters those are, revisit our Saw Three <laughs> episode and our Saw rewatch series, and listen to our upcoming Saw rewatch episode, uh, which includes Saw Seven, Saw Three D, the final chapter. Those are the two. Yeah, I bet if you named any Saw trap, I could tell you which movie it's in. But that's not what we're doing today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also really liked the uh, the chaos of the parade violence. That, was that exactly one was fun. What and I, was I also as like well, Ralph. the moment that that killer clowns from outer space fucking character walked into the parade. I'm like, that was really this is funny. odd. Yeah, <laughs> this is odd. Everyone's uh, alarm should have been going off. Yep. Yeah, because yep. everyone's dressed as pilgrims. Yeah. And then there's one person in a turkey outfit, and then just. The most fucked up looking clown. Yeah. Like, I mean, they have a around. whole like circus float for the tent, which was so funny to oh, me. Oh, I forgot about that. They had like, <laughs> like the Boston circus float yeah, or whatever for Thanksgiving, and there's like a clown, and then like maybe a gymnast or some other or acrobat or something. Really funny, but that series of violence was really fun, but it also felt like so fast that I it. It just, it was like, oh, and then it was over. And I'm like, oh my God, I kind of wanted more of that. That one yeah. could have been bigger. Because mm-hmm. I think only, what, two people end up dying in that one. There's the the guy that gets his face impaled. Is oh, that the, right the back of his what head. The, that was a good one. <laughs> and they, a good one. They make sure to cut back to that yeah. shot of like his, like, his children. This, the, the <laughs> pro- yes, yes. The front of his seat. boat pushes all the way through his skull and these two little girls are sitting next to him and his blood keeps spraying Just, all over them. Uh, it's, yeah. It sounds awful, but it was... Uh, Edited for laughs. Yeah, it was. That was that was another one of the funnier. That one could have been like there could have been a series of events like Final Destination style, where like cars on cars on cars. Just yeah, sure. Floats on floats. A float plowing Let's into the crowd. Circus people like get their that. legs chopped off. Let's, yeah, you know yeah. the turkey got his head cut off, so that's yeah. cute. The tiger like, floats catching on fire. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like drop dead. Drop dead gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. 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 I uh, I I really like that sequence. I, the editing in that like is really comedic especially in that scene like i laughed really hard like i said at the <laughs> just two young children being traumatized by watching their father or their grandfather die <laughs> yeah. uh and also the uh when you finally get it the uh the decapitation of the guy in the turkey outfit i thought was pretty good oh yeah yeah it it's not like drawn out or anything it's just kind of a quick plonk yeah <laughs> it's very quick very quick and then uh the rest of our lead characters at that point are kidnapped uh, and they're taken to uh, John Carver's secret lair. His exclusive Thanksgiving dinner. His exclusive Thanksgiving dinner. And they're tied to chairs. And he serves them the uh, the stepmother that's been roasted. Roasted mm-hmm. stepmommy. Uh-huh. 
I liked that prosthetic there, that fake body a lot. Oh, it was good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. you okay, yeah. If you, you cooked a body alive and you contorted it to that way, it, it looks like a fucking turkey carcass. I think for me it was the the juices once the person got cut into the uh-huh. roast yeah. got cut into that was where i was like i didn't need that that was i that was a little too visceral for that me. was really I gross think that was one of the sequences he cut back a little bit good because yeah you, you only get like the and even it's it's bad enough thinking about like being cooked to life but then the piece that he cuts off to feed uh the father character played by rick hoffman who was great in this yes um like is from her like inner thigh inner thigh I mean, someplace sensitive. Yeah. I loved, what was his name? Uh, Ho- Rick Hoffman. Rick Hoffman. Um, his reaction to John Carver carving his fiance's thigh. He, they've all got like the, the gag in their mouth where it's just like a, a cloth kind of just halfway, I guess, like through their jaw or whatever. And he pukes with that on. And I just thought that was such a gross detail. It was I, so I've, good. And like, also, ah. that happens in Eli Roth's Hostel, which also That's stars right. Rick Hoffman. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. I just knew in that sequence, I was like, one of these people's going to fucking puke. Yep. Like, so, I, yeah, I we like, got to see some I vomit. Was like, I was like, on the same wavelength as Roth was. Well, we had already sequence. seen vomit at least one other time and heard it at least two other times during the party scene. Oh, that's right. The guy oh, comes yeah. out and throws up. And then as they're walking through the party, once they get back inside, you hear the, what? Oh, yeah. Somebody else, yeah, you don't yeah. see it, but you hear it. So mm-hmm. he... He laid on the. He made sure to put some pukies in yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, he likes. Uh, he, he wants to gross you out, even if he's like, like, like he said in the interviews that I've seen that you, he didn't want to do that too much with this one. He wanted people to have. He wants this to be to be a fun movie. Yeah, for people to watch. And I think yeah, yeah. success across oh, the yeah. board. Yeah. Um. So our. Let's just say not everyone makes it out of this sequence. One of the one of our core group uh, gets his skull bashed to pieces with a meat tenderizer, and all of this is being live streamed on Instagram, which is really funny because mm-hmm. like you can see mm-hmm. all the reactions are like thumbs yeah. up, love it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's a little bit of the satire that was kind of dribbled throughout this because, mm-hmm. like we said, uh, John Carver is like as these people are getting off, he's like taunting our main characters by tagging them on Instagram. And you get these quick little glimpses of it, but as it goes on, the number of likes on each post like keeps going way up. up. Like the first yeah. one is like eight likes, and then it gets up to like six hundred, nine hundred, something like that. So it's <laughs> sickos. Yeah, 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 yeah. These internet perverts. Yeah, but that's exactly what would happen in real life. I guess so. Oh, one hundred percent. I think so. Probably. If Instagram would look things up like that, well, I know I right, nondescript like, mm. social media app. Let's not call out <laughs> Insta specifically, but nondescript social media app where images and videos are well, the main in this, source. Am I am I wrong that it was explicitly Instagram in this movie, or did they call it like Instacam? I don't know that they called it call anything. It out. They, they just they said just we got show, tagged. Yeah, oh, and they kind of show the. Maybe they do. They, they might. Know. They might have. I don't know. I didn't catch that. If they did, yeah. But I'd that, be surprised if Zuck would sign off on that for this <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It, that that live streaming aspect of people like, you know, sending emojis or reactions and like 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 hearts, hearts, hearts. I'm like, oh yeah, this is some of the funnier parts of like dash cam, dead stream, yeah, those sort of live Absolutely. streaming kind of movies where it's like this. Re- 
ridiculous violence is happening, but people are still like, oh, yeah. Love it. Fuck you. The views are going up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also goes back to what was the Dario Argento that was very much social media? I might be misremembering it, but I'm pretty sure. Cause I don't recall. Roth is a big fan of Jalo, and he is a yeah. huge fan of Dario Argento. And I'm pretty sure there was a film mid 2000s ish that Argento did that had a social media slant to it. I am going to pull it up now and guess because I don't remember. I, don't I feel remember like I should either. know. I don't remember either. Hmm. Was it Dracula 3D? That's it. That's the one. <gasps> no. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> oh, you got really excited. I was so sorry. I was like, no, I was like, oh, I've been meaning to watch that. Not it. No, 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 no. That movie. <laughs> well, if you know, I'll, write in I'll and look, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Also, while y'all continue talking, I'll look on my something. Computer. Something that I liked about this uh, this uh, sequence near the end, where they're all uh, around the the dinner table is that Roth's intention here was to... Like, he's obviously someone that draws on a lot of influences. And he said that he really wanted to make that sequence look like a specific Bob Clark movie. Not Black Christmas. He wanted it to look like a Christmas story. A Christmas story. <laughs> Which was kind of fun. It has that nice little warm glow yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. So let's get into the the end of it here. So we end up in the, the classic... Uh, the classic part of any slasher movie, which is the final chase and the reveal of the killer. Our final girl has seen all of her friends' corpses at this point, basically. And, uh, yeah, the last act begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the share... And really, I want to reiterate, spoiler alert here. Yes, yeah, spoiler. We're giving <laughs> it away. The sheriff of this town uh, is played by Patrick Dempsey, and he did it. He <laughs> is the, the one. <laughs> I told you guys coming out of it, I was like, I know I was wrong, but through the whole movie, even after Gina Gershon died, I was like, it's Gina. It's Gina. She's <laughs> yeah. come back. I kept looking to see if the John Carver character had, like, boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make sense that it's Patrick Dempsey, because there is the love that he felt for Gina Gershonsky. I don't even know her character name. <laughs> no, I, I don't even know if it was said. Amanda. Amanda. What's the movie? The movie's Did called you, The Card Player. 2003. The Card Player. The Card Player. Not my favorite. I will I do not recommend. Um, but that is... <laughs> I was not wrong. I want to prove it. <laughs> for, for Argento completionists or social media horror movie completionists, maybe. Yes. Only. Tread there. Yes. Yeah. So, Scott, okay... Who here had a guess for the killer was, for who the killer was early in the movie? Well, I did, but I I, I told you I knew you, I was pretty much was wrong, but I knew Gina. that it had to do with Gina Gershon. We all, I mean, we we all did, but I yeah, I thank you for setting this up, Sam. <laughs> I knew who it was almost immediately, yeah. and it was purely based <laughs> off of who was in the film. I didn't know anybody really except for Gina Gershon and Patrick Dempsey, and as soon as Gina Gershon died, I said, well. That, that leaves, leaves Patrick to say to <laughs> yeah, be one left. a killer. Smart. You're and gaming so, the system here. And there were there were a couple hints at the beginning that made me sort of piece together why the the reasoning behind it, and I ended up being correct. I so I yeah. Good job. Yeah. There I, are some very good red herrings though. Oh, I oh, fell yeah. for one of the earliest ones. I kept telling myself deputy. Yeah. I was like, this is a red herring. This is a red herring. He's a red herring. There's some really like 
overt things that he was doing of like one of the like the new boyfriend of our final girl um they they think it's him and then we see him like putting on a pilgrim costume because he's going to be in the parade and so there's like and he's just got he's a little shady yeah Yeah, the weaselly boyfriend oh it could be him and then maybe it's the the previous boyfriend because his hand got ruined and he was missing, or not missing, he just left for a year, and now he's, he's back. He's one of the, the characters that's back to town, or is new to town. Yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. classic red herring mm-hmm. trope. Yeah. There was, they didn't do it too much, but the the husband of Amanda um, was sort of a red herring for like a minute, because he was so... With the parade, too. Yeah, he was so like, about getting justice for his, his dead wife, Um but yeah, there's this detail at the beginning where Patrick Dempsey comes over to Amanda and her husband, I forget his name's, home to have Thanksgiving and he bakes her pie right. and she kind of is like, oh, look at you. It's like, yeah, you won't single be single guy. for yeah, long. you won't be single for long. I'm like, mm, Oh, I yeah. forgot about that line. That makes a lot more sense. Because yeah. in the, the part of the movie where the killer talks very much to explain their motives and how they got away with all of it up until that point, it's revealed that he was about to run away with Gina Gershon or she was going to get a divorce and they were going to get married mm-hmm. and she was pregnant with his child yes. at yes. that point as well. So this is a revenge story, mm-hmm. which huh, yeah, took a year for him to get around to. I guess a lot of planning. I think he was planning it. Yeah. He probably was like, I'll, sh- I'll give him a Thanksgiving. They'll, they'll remember. And he does. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I, I thought it was I thought he was fine as the killer. I mean, I wish I had I I was like, "Oh, I all I should the have clues known. were there. I, I should, should have, have known." known. <laughs> yeah. It did pay off if if you wanted him to be the killer from Scream 4. This does pay oh, yeah. off. That's right. Because he is essentially oh, playing the same character. Yeah. <laughs> He's essentially That's right. the detective versus the sheriff or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's essentially the same person. And in this one, he actually is the killer. Mm-hmm. Spoiler for Scream 4 if you haven't seen it in the past 20 years since the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. There's been two and about to be three movies since then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then the final chase sets off. Uh, she live broadcasts his confession. Uh her ex-boyfriend Bobby throws a really fast pitch and hits him in the head. And then the final chase with the two of them getting pursued by Dempsey uh, begins. And the way the killer is ostensibly killed is they inflate a giant turkey float (laughs) with flammable gas. And then uh, she shoots it with a blunderbuss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was supposed to be used in one of the football games mm-hmm. with uh, the ammunition being the charm bracelet yes. with her mother's picture in it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Her mother is dead. This is the other backstory. <laughs> yeah, I was this wondering why, why she had to get a new mother. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why they kept bringing they up kept her showing her charm wrist, yeah. bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> She'd kiss it and put it on her side table. Good night, mom. Look at yeah. the picture. Okay, I miss you, mom. Love Look you, mom. at it again. I'm like, okay. There's a lot of like. This movie is pretty cleanly plotted and foreshadowed and set up like mm-hmm. like, like like that bracelet getting loaded into the blunderbuss at the end, uh, the blunderbuss being shown at the football game going yeah. off. And then <laughs> this is where I leaned over to you, Ralph, because you were sitting next to me. Uh, she has this line right there 
And I was already beginning to suspect. I'm like, I think this gun is going to come back. It's, they're making too much of a deal about showing it to me. Right. And then she says, I learned, my dad taught me how to load one of those once. It nearly exploded when I used it. And I'm like, oh. Yep. Which okay. is, I actually, now that I'm thinking about I'm like, it. That's coming back. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I do kind of like that. Like, it's, it's sure. very obviously yeah. set up. But there's this other moment where, I don't know if it's before or after that, but to the final girl and a couple of her friends go to a party to this guy to who sells guns and they yeah. each get or no they get one gun yeah um and we don't see uh, it go off in the movie do we nope because that's interesting it's, I didn't think like that. i was he saying it too but he doesn't have the safety yep, I, like the moment that right. he was pulling it out i'm like safety the safety the safety we heard the character say like safety's on man and then he hands it to him and you're like the safety's still gonna be on yep and then there is another gun that I think the final girl grabs from Patrick Dempsey. Oh, that's it's like right. a big it's like police a big cannon. revolver. Yeah. And I don't believe that goes off at any point either. I don't think so. So it's just that one big blunderbuss gun. Well, he <laughs> has like, to give no, like Patrick that. Dempsey has to, he's forced to give his gun away because he oh, unloaded right. it. Yeah. Shoot, he unloaded it. Trying to shoot Billy when, you know, Bobby. whatever, Bobby, Billy, Bobby, Bill, whatever. Uh, who bobbenheimer so <laughs> sure yeah let's go with it yeah he had to give his gun away so that's why that's how they sort of get rid of all of the gun fighting yeah in this film. yeah yeah a lot of stuff going off in this movie mm-hmm. and not going off and exploding yes, and exploding <laughs> <laughs> uh so at the end it's uh in classic slasher fashion uh it's unclear whether or not the killer is actually dead because there's no remains left because the parade float exploded too hard because they filled it with flammable gas and shot it with a blunderbuss and nothing could survive according to yeah. the detective yes, we do get a line, even though they absolutely. carry out the canvas remains like a yeah. like it's like a, a turkey like it's a wounded <laughs> yeah. person the it was human, so funny they're like carrying her like oh my god <laughs> human remains completely demolished but this plastic paper rubber, whatever <laughs> turkey just yeah. yeah i did like the there were some shots of the i think the final girl is overhearing i can't remember her name either uh she's overhearing the the fire marshal or whatever say like there were no we couldn't find anything the, the remains were probably incinerated and I'm like no that's not right but they keep showing like the firemen walking out with their masks over their right, faces and like, she's kind of like it's like the ending of the guest I was yeah. kind of expecting. Yeah. Like where you see Dan Stevens leaving the, the mm-hmm. high school dance or whatever. Like, yeah, that. something like that. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some final thoughts here. I, I did have one that we talked about a little bit in the car that I wanted to bring up. Um, and we talked about part of this earlier in the episode already, which is that Eli Roth likes to write uh, characters that are just fucking obnoxious, like obnoxious, just shitty people. Uh, saying the worst thing at any possible moment, often with a mouthful of food, (laughs) as is the case in Cabin Fever when that one guy gets asked why he's shooting squirrels and he says, because they're fucking gay. gay. (laughs) (laughs) Which when I rewatched that for the first time a few years ago, I did laugh really hard at that line and the line where he calls one of their friends a slut. (laughs) Yes. You stupid slut! <laughs> just like just out of at nowhere, a, at an eleven, just all do, the time, just a yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> um, and something that was kind of nice about this movie is there, 
there are a lot of characters that are not that. There are characters mm-hmm. that are like helpful, proactive, I dare say even pleasant to be around. Sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to see more of that from uh, Roth and uh, Rendell, their screenplay, uh, than we've seen from uh, Eli in the past. Did you guys agree with that? We've got a few characters in there that were like that. Yeah. 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 I didn't hate everybody. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them were obnoxious and and hard to like, but there were some that I'm like, okay, you're, you're okay. You're fine. Yeah, well, even uh, especially the uh, final girl, her father, I mean, a big part of this movie is that he owns the store and refused to close it Mm -hmm. uh, the year that this stampede happened. And now he's about to make that same mistake again. And I kept expecting him to just be like that big piece of shit. But he has a turn near the end. He's like, no, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to start listening to my daughter. I'm going to close the store this year instead of risking another incident. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of an interesting arc. Yeah. At yeah. least. Somebody did learn something. Sorry, the cat's clawing at something on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as scary as last time when the cats, like, fell. Oh, off yeah. The, off of the, the top of the bookshelf there. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you good? I don't want to yell at you again this episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He found a watch strap to mm-hmm. eat. That's fine. It's fine if he eats that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just liked that. The, there's a lot of different flavors in this, uh, in the stuffing of this movie. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Any, any final thoughts from either of you that you didn't, we didn't get to touch on yet? Um, I just, I love how, how much of it, like I said, I, we, we both kind of watched the, or at least part of the last drive-in with Joe Bob where Eli Roth yeah. was on and. Eli Roth loves the movie Mother's Day, and that movie is like a huge influence on so many of his movies. He has so many things in Cabin Fever that are directly from that, and he also was saying like his Grindhouse Thanksgiving trailer, he shot to sort of look like Mother's Day, and there's he he carried a lot of that stuff into into this as well, and I I just really liked that. Yeah, like, yeah, me too. You love that movie so much, you're inspired by like yeah. I loved. Us. The story that he told, by the way, in that, where he said that's the movie he played for his friends at his bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he said, uh, I've heard him say that, like, uh, uh, you know, he always looked forward, of course, to October as a kid because you get a glut of horror movies. And then he would always feel, he says that he would always feel a little disappointed when November 1st rolled around because it's just basically Christmas movies until january and he's like well i'm jewish i don't really that's not really something that i yeah I, I, i'm into <laughs> that much and then january is the time of year traditionally when studios dump their less prestigious films let's say stuff that they know is either going to tank or it's like kind of a déclassé genre like yeah. horror gonna get lost kind of in the first few months of the year yeah yeah Yeah. something they know isn't going to get nominated for an academy award (laughs) yeah and we'll just kind of fill the calendar after everyone's you know kind of burnt out on spending a shit ton of money for the holidays yeah um yeah what about you scott any final thoughts on this movie thanksgiving 2023 uh yeah no it's middle of the road slasher if that's your bag go for it (laughs) (laughs) i liked it just fine uh it's probably like i said at the top probably one of my favorite eli roth films now um 
interested to see what he does with Borderlands. That might be something that I appreciate more. Did you know that he was doing the? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. he's doing the film adaptation of the video game Borderlands. Okay. okay. So, which is complete. I think there were post production. Right. Yeah, now, yeah. There were rumors going around that he had gotten fired from that movie oh, because I do remember seeing they had to go back and do reshoots. But I believe the the more accurate way of saying it is he was filming something else. Right. And they had like a second unit. He couldn't doing. Yeah. He couldn't do it. So they just hired another director. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I'm curious what that's going to look like. I'm Mm -hmm. guessing that movie's going to make a shit rack of money. I think so. Yeah. That's a huge franchise. A few hundred million dollars. Yeah. For sure. I want more holiday slashers and movies or horror movies of like. I don't know. I mean, we. Have, I'm talking now. I realize I'm like Mother's Day. Oh, that's kind of a holiday. Yeah. Um, well, in Thanksgiving, obviously, it's like. I mean, this movie starts with a direct reference to Halloween. Yeah. And yeah. part of like, th- he said in the past, like, sometimes the dumbest idea is the best idea, and like when they were titling this movie, it, they were just like, yeah, thanks. I mean, it's going <gasps> to be called Thanksgiving. It's going to be free advertising every time this holiday rolls around every year. <laughs> I just had a realization. What's that? The very first shot, he's telling us who the killer is. Because it's, oh. it's from Patrick Dempsey's perspective. They do the Michael breathing, Myers POV with and the then, breathing. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it, Eli. <laughs> he's one step ahead of us. What did yeah, you say? Like, Sometimes the easiest. What, what was the, the best idea is the, the dumbest one or something yeah. like yeah. this is what yeah. he said. Yeah. Well, uh, we all give this a thumbs up. Are you guys going to watch this next Thanksgiving? I think so. No. Yes. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on Blood Rage. Blood Rage cannot. You can do two. You can do I, two. Uh, if there's time. But we're, I will prioritize. We're going to watch it. I'm going to make be time. invited. <laughs> That's fine. I will prioritize my Blood Rage like I do every Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, and uh, my only final stray thought is uh, he started filming this movie immediately after he finished uh, filming his role in uh, The Idol. Oh, that's right. I forgot he's in that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that Rest in piss. Yeah, fuck that show. So bad. (laughs) So thumbs down for HBO's The Idol. (laughs) Just while we're here. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Screaming Room. Uh, Like I mentioned in the middle of the episode, you can find us on Twitter at The Roomcast. Or you can email us at ScreamingRoomPod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, thank you. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or in Spotify Mobile. And then uh, I think our next episode is going to be the Saw. It's, it's going to be the yeah. continuation of our Saw rewatch. So that's going to be Saws 7, 8, and 9. And the next episode after that is going to be Saw 10. So keep an eye out for those. Turn on your notifications. And... Thank you again for listening. Yeah, thanks. All right. Have a good uh, Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. White meat, dark meat, all will be carved. (laughs) There will be no leftovers. (laughs) All right. Gobble, gobble. Bye. Bye. Say bye. Bye. (laughs)
I've tasted you. I've tasted science.